Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wiki Ship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is peer editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are rolling, uh, counting us down. How's it in your ears? It's pretty great. Three. We're too old for this Play-Doh. Two. And some fiddles. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. And I am Lex Michael sitting here playing with some Play-Doh. Hell yeah. Did you know that Play-Doh copyrighted their smell? Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Is that not does that not bend your brain a little bit that apparently you can trademark uh, a smell? You can trademark almost anything. Like if I don't bathe for three to six months, yeah, can I trademark that smell? Only if you can actively reproduce it on a on a at will basis. Also, if you can give the chemical breakdown of what creates the smell, I think that you have a case. Otherwise, I don't think that you can do that. But what is science for, if not that very thing? I mean, if you can afford the scientists, and then once Bro, you're done, I am the scientist. Say thank you. Ha ha. Oh. Ha ha. Oh. I still I'd only be I don't want to be thanking myself. This is this is solo <laughs> science. This is solo science, but what is not uh solo science is this this the the debut album uh by Thank You Science. One of uh, uh only two I discovered? Yes. So, uh, uh before we get into that, we'll do all the housekeeping. Um Keep that house. Hey guys, oh my gosh, make sure that you like and subscribe to Missing Out uh, to get this in your feed every Tuesday. What we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be music, TV, spoken word, movies, or other assorted experiences. And then we look back on it and see how it's built us as people. And then we hope that it builds you as the audience with a retrospective that is introspective. Did you say sorted experiences? Assorted. Oh. Because I got uh, real excited for a second. Yes, all your sordid experiences. Like this show, this show is taking a turn <laughs> to the sexy and mysterious. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and as we were getting at before, uh, we are covering. I love that your reaction is just ha ha ha, and then sharp left <laughs> back to where we were going. Bro, gotta keep, gotta keep uh, it going, gotta keep it on track. All right, I'm so the yes. conductor, baby, of this musical experience, baby. This is uh, this yeah. is your this is your shining time station. Hell yeah. Um, we are talking about Maps of Non-Existent Places by uh, Thank You Scientist. It is their 2014-2012 album. Um, it was released after their EP um, back in 2011, which was five songs. Uh, I have and a it question. Is Perils of Time Travel. Yes? Ah, ah maybe, maybe you're just answering the question. My question was going to be, how were they able to release an album simultaneously, same album, uh, concurrently in both 2012 and 2014? 
and and then I realized maybe that's what the science was all about. Oh yeah, and it was time travel science. It was time travel science. And they issued this EP as a warning, uh, both to themselves and the rest of us. <laughs> um, yes, like they, they broke the timeline. You've everything dark, the secret that's going on in the world right now. Everything that is leading people to say, kind of, kind of half jokingly, we live in the darkest timeline. It's because of this shit. Ooh, it's because thank you, scientists like broke the timeline into little bitty pieces. That's why it's it's yeah. not like a it's not an earnest thanks. It's like a ugh, thank you, scientists. Right. It's yeah, like yeah. when people would say thanks, Obama. It's the same <laughs> yeah, thing. Same joke. Exactly. <laughs> Great. Um, so okay, EP. You said twenty eleven. Yes, twenty eleven EP, and then uh, they released this one. In, they released the full album in twenty twelve, late twenty twelve. Um, and then they had a remix once they switched over to Evil Inc. Um, and so essentially their first EP was self-produced. Their second one they put together in about 30 days from um, writing to record. Um, and then essentially once they signed on to Claudio Sanchez, the lead singer of Coheed and Cambria's uh, record label, they had they basically re-released it in 2014, um, and they basically remixed all of the tracks to kind of uh, have it meld meld together a little better. Um, so if you were looking for them before that re-release, then you could only really find their previous album on like YouTube or like Bandcamp things like that. Um, uh, but I did I did see I was not able to find too much information about the band now granted i didn't spend hours and hours and hours searching but yeah. a preliminary search didn't yield too terribly much but i did see that there was some connection to uh, uh the front man of coheed and cambria yeah and okay so that was it because i was yes. trying to figure out what it was like the band members don't have wikipedia pages which is no judgment i don't either uh <laughs> but it just means that i was not able to find a ton uh at first glance yeah i actually uh had to do a lot of like crazy internet digging so like you can't just go and and google thank you scientist and get like a full breakdown of their origin or anything like that like you literally have to go like um insert band members name interview specific um like album and then you have to like sort through so like i had i did a bunch of that research um, kind of leading up to this, uh, so I can tell you their I can tell you their full story. So I want to um, know I want to know okay. who these people are. What <laughs> I was I was like I, <laughs> I thought you were segueing. No, I was like, oh, I'm gonna tell you all no, the things. I want to know. That's it. I'm I'm not segueing <laughs> away. I'm I'm taking your hand and we're going down this path together. Uh, no, I want to know. I want because like the. Uh, uh, so I guess I guess like I had never heard anything by this band before. I, I dig this album. I uh, their sound is a really interesting combination of a bunch of different things, and I also really I think I like the back half even more than the front half yeah. because somewhere midway through the album we start introducing even more different sounds <laughs> and styles yeah. in a way that I think is really interesting. Like there's the um, oh uh, god I'm like I got to look at the the track names again. There's that instrumental track. Oh, suspicious uh, waveforms. Suspicious waveforms like halfway through the album, like it's track six of ten, so it's like right yeah. after the halfway point, and it feels like suddenly it's like we're back in it's like the ultra act and we're back from intermission and it's like look at all this different shit that we're doing now it's great <laughs> um and i dug it like that on and then i think carnival has that like mean fiddle solo going on oh yeah but so 
whole bunch of different styles happening, making it a little bit difficult for me to even trace like what I think their influences might be. Like in the uh, the prelude, immediately first time I listened to it, I'm like, oh okay, I could almost kind of hear a little Radiohead, maybe even a little Beatles, and then very quickly we get into Salesman's Guide to Non-Existence, and I go, nope. It's all gone. <laughs> I, I mean, don't know if it sounds like anything I've heard before necessarily, specifically, and I dig it. I dig it even more than I may otherwise for that reason. It sounds like either, you know what, I'll, here we go. Uh, <laughs> it's not that it sounds necessarily like nothing I've ever heard before and more. It sounds like so many things at the same time, and the the byproduct of that, the yield of that is something that feels very unique. Yeah. Um, yes, I think that that is, I think that every different influence you've heard, you hear at any given moment, it's in there. Yeah. Like, because you are dealing with a seven piece band. Um, which, which tracks, I'm like, how many musicians were in the studio simultaneously while I'm listening to this? Because there's so much going oh, yeah. on. Um, and each one of them like has their input and each one of them have, has their different influences. So like going back into their history, the original three... Uh, which, which was the, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, the saxophonist, the trumpeter, and the um, guitarist. I did see, like, uh, one thing the Wikipedia page did show me was that, uh, that most of the original lineup was consistent until super recently. Right. And now it's just, it's like, what, the vocalist and the guitarist are still there. But yes. I think everybody else, like the other three that had been with them the entire time have now stepped away. Yeah. Um... I mean, basically, yeah, because they started as just a three piece and it was it was those three that were um, they were classically trained at Melbourne State University in Jersey. It was a it was a okay, so not Melbourne, Australia. No, uh, Melbourne, Jersey. Yes, Jersey. OK, so these are um, these guys are American. Yes, they're all I, American. OK, because I can't necessarily tell based on the vocals. Um, OK, ready? This will. Just to give you some context for what what was going on in my brain while listening to this album. Okay. Two things. And I think part of it is informed by, if you look at the lyrics, and I was listening to it on Apple Music, so they got that feature where if you scroll up, the lyrics will load up for you. Yeah. The lyrics feel, in some cases, not across the album, but there are some songs where you look at the lyrics and it feels a little bit like, oh, this was in Japanese and we ran it through a translator. Okay. And then at the same time, so concurrent to me being introduced to this album, I am also playing Kingdom Hearts for the first time. Yeah. And maybe because of that, because these two things are going on simultaneously for me, I just keep picturing while listening to this album, the image of the key art for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Where they're all just kind of sitting there in the moonlight looking up. just just like seared into my brain now, coupled with the sounds. So when I picture what I think the band would look like or where they might be from it's like <laughs> it's like Sora and Riku and like Donald Duck is there and shit uh -huh. so it confused the matter for me as to where I would guess their point of origin was because okay. I was pretty sure it wasn't Japan but <laughs> no. I wasn't sure um, so two things one um, I also have a musical association with Kingdom Hearts but it was um, the Disturbed Believe album, which came out around the same time. Really? And so sometimes I would listen to that album while playing the game on mute. Disturbed, um, so man. I haven't thought about Disturbed in a while. They're great. Dude, um, stupefy. Hell yeah. 
um, the their recent uh, cover of Sound of Silence, amazing. Um, I've but, heard nothing by them since like high school, <laughs> but I remember I remember them very well. Yeah. Um, so the second thing, in which might explain the kind of uh, like the kind of way that some of the lyrics are. Uh, in terms of weirdness is that uh, a Salvador Morano, the, the lead singer, was talking about his way of writing songs. And, and he, he said that he starts with a melody. Is it to write them in Japanese and put them through a translator? Yep, yep. That's what he does. Nailed it. Swish. Oh, Good night, everybody. Shit. Dang. Thank you for joining us here. No, <laughs> uh, no. He writes the melody. And then as he gets deeper into the melody, he starts his brain. The way his brain works is it starts to associate with different like syllables and 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 phrases that he he uh that like just come to mind and so like then he will start to write the lyrics from there okay is that how we arrive at lines like uh, we're getting too old for this play-doh in that one song maybe because that that seemed to have nothing to do with anything before or after other than like i guess the sentiment about like t- the angst associated with the passage of time, I guess that totally tracks. Yeah. But all of a sudden we're at Plato and we never come back to Plato. But now given what you're telling me about the way he formulates his lyrics, for example, yeah. this makes more sense to me. That's true. I mean, there's also a chance that uh, it's kind of a double meaning in that I believe that that is from the uh, Concrete Swan Dive song. That sounds um, right. Which is... Uh, which is basically about uh, kind of turning away from religion and this idea that like, um, uh, yeah. So, so Plato so is a play Plato on Plato. Is, yeah. a, is a metaphor for Christ. Yep. As that's we what knew, it is. As we knew all along. Oh man, you, you, you're just nailing Trademark this. in the scent of Jesus. Dang, are you sure that you're not part of the band? I've actually been their manager since the beginning. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, I, I am the scientist, as I alluded to <laughs> earlier. I got them signed, and they were like, thank you, scientist. And I was like, who's going to tell them I'm not a scientist? Not me. <laughs> Everyone's a scientist in a way. If you just keep doing the same thing over and over, comparing results, you're, you're a, a scientist. scientist. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, wait. So yeah. Back to so, Plato. Yes. Okay, so that actually, that tracks a great deal. Yeah. Better than the total lack of track that I was (laughs) attempting to ascribe to it. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's why I I do all the research and get paid them big bucks to to draw these sweet lines between different things. Are you getting paid? I'm a line drawer. Who's paying you? I like to picture you like cutting yourself checks. (laughs) Yeah. Like just depositing a bunch of your own money into a missing out account and just cutting yourself checks from that account. (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, it really helps me feel like I'm getting paid to live my dream. It doesn't matter where the money comes from. It's so powerfully motivating. Yeah. You know, just watching that other account grow is just, yes, it warms my heart. Dream. As your business account collapses in on itself. <laughs> wow. We don't uh, think about that. Uh, this podcast is a tax shelter. Oh man, um, that's how tax shelters work. <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> it's um, like it's like he tried to sh- set up a shell corporation, and no one explained to him how shell corporations work. <laughs> <laughs> shell corporation, you know, like when you join the shell franchise, you just open your own gas station. <laughs> 
Right? That's what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's what totally. that refers to. Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Two. It's like all those uh, uh, off- offshore Sitco corporations. <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, just to wrap up the origin of the band. Yes. Um, so they're all from, so, so they're from Jersey so or are they three just, of them, yeah. Okay. Um, all of them are from Jersey. Three of them, um, like went to school together and, and essentially started their own P like three piece band. Um, and then they put out an ad for a, uh, for a vocalist and that's how they found Salvatore, uh, as everyone calls him Sal. And I will continue to call him that moving forward because i don't like multi-syllabic words um so uh that's how they found sal and and he the way he tells the story is that they had a in their ad they had a piece of music um and so essentially he responded to them and was like oh man guys i have all these ideas um and he didn't but he essentially wrote their first song in the like few minutes that between when him saying that and them responding um, so, so wait, the, the, this, this whole enterprise was birthed because he put himself in a position where he's just like, he's bullshitting. He like, he like music manned them maybe a little bit and then had to actually deliver. Yeah. Wow. That's how, that's how all great ventures are, are born. You put yourself in a precarious situation and you just fucking oh, you, muscle your way oh, out. Oh, you do. Every time I move to a new place, I go to the town hall meetings and I start yelling about this trouble, capital T and the rhymes of P and it stands for pool. And like, <laughs> I'm going to start a band. I'm going to take your money. And then I'd leave town. Oh, good. But it's like that. Yeah, except this like time that. he had to start the band. Right. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a perfect analog. He, yeah. He didn't have a monorail to take him away. <laughs> Uh, monorail. <laughs> yeah, they build a monorail instead. It's like, guys, I got it, I got it. I got a great, great ideas for songs. Great ideas for songs. Come over, come over. Two p.m. tomorrow. Okay. Cut to two p.m. tomorrow. What's that, guys? It's a monorail. <laughs> what, what about songs? Monorail. Oh, yeah. He just gets on and like. See, he's like, but that's the thing. We make this monorail, and then we'll just play our music through it. People will have to listen to it. You hear it all around town. It's like the tracks end right over there. All around town with the monorail. <laughs> he talks like that from now on. Something happened overnight. Yes, basically, and that's who he is now. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so Okay, but that is interesting. So yes. he essentially he was trying to dupe them and then put himself in a position where he actually had to deliver so that he was not, in effect, duping them. I want to clarify <laughs> that he wasn't duping them. He, like, it's, he just wanted to be, like, early in the process. Like, he didn't want to, like, wait until he had something. So he just responded and said he had ideas. And then he did, you know? It wasn't like, oh, guys, this is my first time. Because he had also been in other bands before this. Okay. So it wasn't his first time. Cause, okay, because the way, the way you're telling the story makes it sound like it's only not bullshit in hindsight. No. <laughs> it's not true. Sal, you, you're great. You did a great job. No, no, because clearly he did it. Like, that doesn't detract one iota from the fact that when it counted, he actually delivered. Right. But if he had no ideas at the time, and claims to have ideas at the time. Yeah. Et cetera. Right. Got In it. hindsight, though, not yeah. bullshit. Right. That's true. That's true, girl. Girl. You right. Girl. He's looking right at me. Yeah. Like, he's not ma- breaking eye contact eyes. at all. It's Ooh, real, like, yeah. his eyes are getting squinty. Ooh. Oh, nope. They're getting bigger now and then squintier. It's, it's, now it looks like something might be wrong. Mm. Are you going to fall okay. down? Are you going to fall down? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fall. Um... 
But yeah, so and so you were talking earlier about their their musical sound and how it is a a a, a, a cacophony of different things. Yes, yeah, um, which like reminded me of our discussion. Like we slightly talked about it, not last week. No, yes, last week um, when we were talking about um, Quentin Tarantino and how he takes all these different elements from other pieces and then he combines them in a way that feels like something relatively new. And I feel like that is how this band works as well. Like they, You, you can feel the little pieces that are, are inspired but at the same time like they take things that shouldn't work together and smash them together like Play-Doh and then uh, it becomes a castle. And then someone in the suit in the back stands up and says, hey, that's our smell. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you use the word cacophony. I actually think that's an incredibly apt way to describe it. And I know that cacophony, you know, I mean, the, the as, as typically employed, the, that word tends to mean just big, like an assault of just chaotic noise. <laughs> Yeah, okay, somewhat applies, but that it's not, there is order within the chaos, and it definitely feels like every, even though you're being hit with this big wall of sound, it does feel very much like, if you really engage with the music, every piece that's making up that wall of sound, every, extend the metaphor, every brick in that wall of sound was very specifically chosen, is there for a reason, is there to uh, augment and support the other bricks around it, um, so yes, cacophony is apt, but I think it it maybe uh, sells short uh, the the intention and what. Well, okay, I don't know okay. these people. But cornucopia. I, there we go. Hell yeah, it's a cornucopia. But see, cornucopia then sells giving. short the wall okay. of sound aspect. All right. I don't know. I can't use words, man. Uh, if you if you guys know a word that is a, a good halfway point where we can split the difference between cacophony and cornucopia, please tweet at us at Missing Outcast. And no, corncophony does not count. <laughs> Uh, Corn on the coffee. Yeah, does not count. But um, yes, where it does feel like, and I don't know these band members personally, but it feels very much like there is uh, a very specific intent behind yeah. each piece of it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that that's true. And and for me, I it almost it makes me wish that I was more musically savvy. Like I'm good at listening to music and being like, (laughs) I really like this, but like, I know that they are doing a lot of really complicated technical things that, and really quickly. Yes. uh, That I can, I can appreciate the sound of, but I really wish that I had the, the like musical knowledge to go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. With that transition from a half eighth to a, a six, seven right. count to a, to a, from a, from a, yes, eight I, I'm not that musically literate either. Right. Um, and I, I wish I was, I don't have time to become that musically literate because I have a lot of things going on in my life despite what everyone will tell you. Um, but I, I, it, part of me really wishes that that was a thing that I could read up on and, and just, appreciate because i know that beyond beyond the just like the surface level oh man that guitar solo was great like the 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 precision like my buddy who plays guitar who i introduced him to this out uh, of this band he was uh marveling at just in my fame disappearing act that opening guitar solo oof yeah um, he was we have this thing or i have this thing and he also has this thing um which makes we um 
where sure if someone does. is <laughs> it sure does make we um if if someone is so if someone is super talented it like makes makes me angry uh not like not like in a competitive way but it's like who the fuck what, do you think how you are dare you how, be superior to me <laughs> not even just superior to me just like in general like how can so much talent exist in one human being creature thing? Yeah, like I, I, it blows me. Like I play guitar a bit, like not enough that I would consider myself. I don't go around telling people it's like, yeah, I'm a guitar player, but I do, and I do it mostly for myself. I find it very therapeutic. But I do. It's like it's like rhythm guitar. It's not lead. I do. I can do a little bit of of lead, mostly to teach myself to play like uh, uh, Spanish guitar. Yeah. But I listen to the speed with which the speed and precision with which they're playing these big solos mm-hmm. and it's i i don't necessarily have the intensity uh of of reaction but yeah kind of the same thing one of the most mind-bending uh, uh pieces of musical performance that i've ever seen in person was is years and years and years ago it was like high school i went with actually uh with uh my good friend and friend of the show uh jq salazar sidebar his uh the short story collection with his story in it just got published nice go find that um but uh in high school we went and saw Dragon Force. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, oh, yeah. your face just lit up. So they play fast. They play <laughs> they play what I could uh, uh, if you understand the reference you'll be like, "Oh yeah, for sure." It sounds like F-Zero music to me. Yeah. Very much so. Like every 3 to 4 seconds, like every time there's a drop, I want I want the little voice to get piped in. It's like Captain Falcon. And then we go back <laughs> to the the fucking but it's insane to watch these guys play and also to be like flipping their guitars while they're playing Mm -hmm. it's it's insane it is staggering human beings should not be able to do these things it doesn't it's like you've you've attained a higher state of being right you have uh, evolved you have experienced your becoming (laughs) what (laughs) yep no that yep but but you know what i mean right like it's like to see it uh hearing it is one thing too but to see it especially to watch their fingers move so quickly that you you can barely track it Mm -hmm. and it's producing sound it looks like they're just flying their hands all over the place right but it's making these sounds these sounds that just didn't exist a second ago yeah this melody that literally just wasn't a thing until they started flying their fucking hands around Mm -hmm. is nuts yeah and i so the way i discovered this band is actually i saw them live they were opening up for coed and cambria um when they were doing their in keeping secrets tour which in keeping secrets is the the album i had you listen to in one of our earlier episodes yes 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 um and so they were playing it from start to finish cool concert but like i as i think i've mentioned on this show that i don't usually like anything the first time i hear it like i can acknowledge that it's good but i don't necessarily like it i feel like i'm kind of the same way like it it happens rarely that i'll hear something the first time and be like ooh, that yeah but like after the second or third like it starts to sink in a little bit more yeah but this band um from the moment they started i like i was drawn to them i was engaged they are probably one of the best bands i've seen live just because their energy is amazing they're like the lead singer will go out into the into the crowd and let you sing with him and there's so much like you you can you can feel how much they love what they're doing while they're performing um and also every it sounds as good as it does in a studio recording which is very hard to do it happens rarely um, yeah. i i know that there are stories of i want to say it's panic at the disco uh where like 
when they first started touring, all of their stuff didn't sound like it did in the studio because they couldn't re because a lot of it was like computer made noises and things. Um, and Panic at the Disco fans, if I am incorrect, please correct me. I know it is a band and I feel like it's Panic, but I don't know. Um, also, there were, I know if I remember correctly, there's a big, big swaths of uh, the Beatles catalog that they wouldn't play live because they couldn't make it sound like it sounded on the record. Right. Same thing. Isn't Steely Dan like exclusively a studio band? I don't even know who that is. No? Yeah. No Steely Dan? But I'm going to assume you're right. Yeah. Steely Dan. Uh, is a vamp for a, a second. A I gotta make sure band. I got my Steely Dan facts straight. Like, I don't really discover bands Welcome unless I see to them the live. Steely Dan and so like, If they don't perform live, then how am I gonna find them? I mean, it's super rare that I don't discover a band that is not live unless someone recommends it. But no one's recommended Steely Dan, so I have to assume Steely Dan's real bad. Okay, uh, Steely Dan. Uh, was uh, they were a live band for a while, but in '74 they retired from live performances. They became a studio only band, uh, and I think they went to like 1981. Okay, nice. This has been your Steely Dan break. Oh uh, yeah, cast <laughs> Steely Dan. Steely oh, Trumbles. Steely Dan. The title of Avengers 4 is Here Comes Steely Dan. <laughs> Steely Avengers. Steely Dan is back. <laughs> yes. As of 1981, they became a Marvel Studios band. <laughs> what did I forget even what their songs are. <laughs> it you doesn't matter. You definitely, though. There's I'm, like, sure, I'm yeah, sure I've heard Steely Dan stuff. Yeah, there's almost no way you haven't heard a Steely Dan song without knowing... Uh, or regardless of whether you knew it was Steely yeah, Dan. Probably. Anyway, we're just um, big, big Steely Dan digression just now. <laughs> Dan Gresham. You come here for the, the the discussions, but you stay for the Dan Gresham. Oh my God. <laughs> Seriously, though, like, can you imagine if it's like the, the reason they're not telling us what Avengers 4 is, is because it's just something completely arbitrary and random? <laughs> like, seriously, like, for all we know, it is like. The, uh, the only way to save the timeline is uh, to go back and recruit Steely Dan. <laughs> They're like, well, you got to play. Maybe that's why they retired as they were pulled into the future. Um, and they're like, you, you got to play this song. It's the only thing yeah. that'll get. Ready? You've heard this song. You've definitely heard do it again. Right, and think about it, right? Like, Steely Dan is the only one that can stop, the, the only outfit that can stop Thanos. And it's the same thing, right? Like, it's like, how are we going to stop it? And it cuts to Captain America, and he looks very somber, and he's like, I know a place. And it just cuts to the studio, and it's fucking Steely Dan. Just Nice. Yeah. This doesn't sound familiar to me. I know. There's a, there's a really long instrumental <laughs> intro. Hang on, man. <laughs> Dan, sing. Nope. He can't. All right. he won't. Goodbye, he won't. Dan. <laughs> Here we go. I need. I need you to recognize this. This is important. Okay. Maybe. Nope. You really I've have never, never heard, this? heard it. All right. Well, that was your Steely Dan break for this yeah. week, guys. Um, <laughs> Avengers. Here comes Steely Dan. <laughs> anyway, so so thanks, Scientist is yes. also a band, so, so it's they're totally relevant. Great live. Um, so if you have a chance to see them live, I, I highly recommend it. Um, they I got to see them live twice. Once in uh, a big like 
I think it was like Riverside, UC Riverside, like gymnasium thingy. Um, and then the other time was at the Troubadour, which was like a very small venue. Yeah. Um, I actually, this is a stupid story. Um, but when I like, is, when it, I, is it stupider than the Steely Dan digression? <laughs> I think you're fine. I think we've set the bar for stupid. I don't know that we're going to clear that bar today. I mean, it's it's stupid in that it's just it's small and and meaningless. But like when I went to the Troubadour, I was trying to find a good place. So like um like metaphorically or no, spiritually? Both. Okay. Um like to be so I could see the band without getting sweat on me. Got um, you mean a good like vantage point. Yes. Got it, got it. And so like if you've ever been to the Troubadour, there is the main general area and then there's the upstairs VIP area that you can like stand next to, um, which is the best place to watch. <laughs> you can just stand next to the VIP area. Yeah. Because, like, the VIP is all seats, and then you have, like, space on the sides. You just try to convince um, everybody who passes that you're you're supposed to be in there, but there's spillover. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm important. Please, please, let me stay. <laughs> um, uh, but I went up there, and I was really early, and there was a guy standing. Uh, there was a guy standing in the area where I was going to be standing, and I, like, I, I lean over to him and go, can, can we... St- stand here during the concert and he like turns to me and he goes oh fucking no and then like (laughs) walks away and i was like that was weird and and then like 10 minutes later it it hit me that it was sal um and so like yeah so i was like fuck He's probably like, this guy doesn't know who I am. Um, no, he's, he's probably very humble. But I would have in my mind, especially at that moment, he was like, this fucking guy asking me for directions. I don't know. You what, if, what, he, if, what if he walked away, racked with guilt that he couldn't help you? <laughs> it's like, he's like, I don't fucking know. And he turns and like three paces from there, he realizes, oh, my God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I hope that boy's okay. <laughs> He's not. He never. He never got out of that concert. He's still there, wondering if he can stand there. Um, but yeah. So, but it was. It was nice. Like being in such a small venue like that. Um, especially when he goes out and works the crowd. Like he can literally just take a small step down and sing with the crowd. Wait, what was he doing there? Was he coming out of the VIP area, or was he also just sort of hovering? I think he was just like getting psyched for the show. Got it. Um, so like something, something I like to do when I'm doing any kind of performance is I'd like to go into the space and kind of make it my own. Sure. Um, and I imagine it was something like that. Cause he was very pensive. Like I imagine it didn't even like our interaction didn't even register him. He was just like, Oh no, someone's here. I gotta go. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, but it was, it was really cool. Cause, cause then no matter where you are is a good seat. And you can always see the band's face and like how and, and you can see them um, performing at their their like highest uh, register. Okay. Yep. I'm going to use that word. <laughs> All right. I accept um, it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I highly recommend being seeing them in a like a smaller venue just because uh, it's really nice and intimate and they like try new stuff. Yeah. Um, so they played. 
their their single, which wouldn't come out for months and months and months, uh, maybe almost like a year later, which was Automatic Blue, which was like their lead single for their next album, uh, Stranger Heads Prevail, which I'm totally going to make you listen to because it's amazing. Okay, yeah. And it's, it's like it's real, real easy to cover their whole discography. Um, I recognize because I, you know, I, I mentioned I was listening to it on um, Apple Music. So when you search them, I, you know, you see both of the their covers for the album. You see both album arts. Yeah. Um, the their the album art for their second album looks incredibly familiar to me. Um, you've probably actually seen me wear their sh- the shirt with the album art on it. That might be it. Um, yeah, because I, I wear that shirt a lot because I like it. Um, it's And it's also really eye-catching. Like, it's if you haven't seen it, audience, um, it is a spectacled head. And at the point where, like, just above the eyebrows, it's cut off and there's kind of more of a... Um, like a mechanical strip, and then popping from it are a bunch of like octopus tentacles, right? Yep. Um, and so it's it's really engaging and and cool. And uh, they also have specific uh kind of in the same vein, but artwork for their singles. So if you were to look up the automatic blue or the um uh or the Mister Invisible singles those also have their own specific uh artwork okay um and and i also really like the artwork for uh uh, maps of non-existent places it's it's like this silver face with a lot of like color strewn about like it like there's paint essentially being poured over it uh which i think is really cool uh have you seen it you've you may have just like seen it as in a small form. The thing is, um, right? Like what you're describing to me sounds vaguely familiar, but it might only sound vaguely familiar because I'm I'm remembering what I'm creating in my mind, like from two seconds ago. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the 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 maps one is cool. It's cool. Um, I I'll 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 show you it after the show. Um, but it's it's yeah, <laughs> little show and tell. I'll show you maps to my non-existent places. I suppose show and tell is preferable to show and keep your mouth shut. Ooh, Ooh. icky. icky. Um, Super. Hey, you un- brought us here. <laughs> this is your fault. To keeping your mouth shut. <laughs> Look at what you made me do. I really like the themes and the lyrics of the. <laughs> the album so yeah so explain to me is there um because i didn't i I did not uh examine too closely what the if there is say a thesis statement as such or what the uh consistent unifying themes are mostly i got i got real caught up in the wall of sound aspect (laughs) um i would say that like they they've gone on record to say that it's not like a concept album or anything um concept album not a concept album um that's what I heard myself say it, and I had to correct it Concept before the people. Sounds like a, like a media, like an e, a sinister media conglomerate that would exist in like a fourth RoboCop movie. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. Yeah, welcome to Comcep. Ooh, we're gonna intercept all of your communications, and we're gonna use them against you. I do we're this like modern. <laughs> there's uh, there's what? We're Facebook. It's just we're a, it's just Facebook. it's just one robot. It's just one <laughs> giant robot. The whole building is one giant <laughs> robot. Um, what? No, I lost it. 
Okay. I had a thought. Um, it's gone now. But oh no! It, you know what it was? It was. It was. I heard somebody. I heard some random audience member out in like uh, the middle of the country somewhere that was like, "They made a fourth RoboCop. It had Joel Kinnaman in it. Don't! How dare you disrespect Joel?" I I I, I recognize the legitimacy of Joel Kinnaman's RoboCop reboot film. Uh, I mean, like RoboCop four, like in the original timeline. The one where, like, in the third one, he flies and, like, Stephen Root and Bradley Whitford are there. Was the, is, is, is the fourth one, are you, is that the reboot? The, the quote, like, the, the fourth RoboCop movie would be the reboot, yeah. But it's okay. not RoboCop 4, it's RoboCop again. Got it. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was, like, set in the RoboCop future and they're like, look how sleek he is now. And he's like, I'm still dead inside. I run. I'm a human. I can move faster. Look at my sweet Ooh. motorcycle. And look at my robo butt. I know Michael they- Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, there are no specific <laughs> themes. I mean, but there are reoccurring, I guess, there's no specific thesis statement for the album. But there is a a bunch of reoccurring kind of concepts that you come across. So, so a lot of them, um, you you have the idea of kind of leaving this space and, and leaving behind those that you love. So you get that with um, a salesman guide to non-existence. You get it in my fame disappearing act. Um, you also kind of get it in uh, absentee a little bit. Um, uh, and then you also have a lot of like unrequited love or, or recently um, broken up songs. So you get that in like Feed the Horses, um, uh, Absentee specifically, Carnival, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the other piece of it is essentially, which is very present on the back half of the album, is this idea of living your life while you have it yeah um which is very present in like concrete swan dive and 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 in the company of words which is worms um in the company of worms um and also like in my fame disappearing act very much like live your life be the best you can you're you're meant for so much more yeah um and so like i feel like those are the three main and they they kind of weave in and out together in different songs so you get like blood on the radio is very much like a live your life while you can but it's also a uh like a it almost feels like a coming of age kind of thing where where uh where it's it's talking about how much work and blood sweat and tears go into like building your your musical career career so like blood on the radio is essentially this this idea that um everything that you hear on the radio took a a a great amount of hard work um that people will bleed for their art and their passions um which in a in an ideal ideal world sure right i mean specific well for this band. Right. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Maybe does not necessarily apply across the board to everything you hear on the radio, but yes, if that's if that's and you can you can feel it, right? Like you can feel the rawness. Every every piece of music that you've recommended to me has this I don't know exactly how to like this like raw angsty quality, yeah. but that feels um genuine. There are a lot of bands that like like Coheed and Cambria was one that I thought like I lumped in with a bunch of other bands that I just didn't get into in high school because it all felt so like unearned whiny angst. Yeah. And this 
doesn't. Even though, even though there's a little bit of overlap in sound in moments, yeah. um, this doesn't feel like like bullshit angsty whiny angst. Yeah. But it's got this exact same like like rawness and intensity and like um um kind of like yearning for something, either something that was taken away or lost, or something that is being sought and hasn't been found. Yeah. Um cons- yeah, interestingly consistent across like everything you've been like listening to this. Yes. I, I think that like I gravitate towards things that have a certain amount of earnestness to them. Like no matter I think that everything I've introduced, no matter how like upbeat and poppy it's it may sound at any given moment, there's always a, a like a level of melancholy in the lyrics and, and in its execution. Um because I feel like I I almost feel like it is a weird thing to say, but that, that it feels like that's who I am. You know, like yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, um, and so when when it when something catches me, um, I'm sure that a lot of it shares that overlap because I feel things and I want to feel things and I want the music that I listen to 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 make me um, kind of examine what's going on on my on my internal emotional scale, um, and I want it to speak directly to me. And and I I feel like that's what I get uh, in a lot of the music that I both introduce to you and just listen to in my private time. Yeah, private time. Yeah, to get them, them private, private tracks, time. baby. Sit Laying up down that train on them private tracks. Going down to a Ooh. cave under a mountain and just <laughs> private timing it up. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and like, because this, like, every time I listen to this album... It like there's there's a piece of me when I get to some tracks that like make me want to just like cry. I get it. Yeah. Um, and it like shouldn't like in terms of like the musicality of it. it it's not like I'm. It's not like listening to a super sad song and you're like, oh man. Um, who's that guy? We Sam Elliott. Oh. Sam Elliott? No, Sam, that, Sam Elliott's the, the no. actor with the mustache okay, who's the wait. cowboy in like Big who's Lebowski. Elliot, Elliot Smith. Smith. Yeah. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. That's oh amazing. That's so sad. Sam Elliott. Um, no, like. Uh, I bet I bet he could break your heart with some old like he pulls out a guitar and he just sings like country songs about heartbreak. I bet I bet you might shed oh, a I'm tear sure. or two. Yeah, uh, Sam, he's great. Look at how majestic his mustache is. How do you not <laughs> well up a little bit? Um, yeah, Elliot Smith. Yes. yes, and I get what you're saying. And is it is it um, because I experienced this too? It's a moment where it's not necessarily sad or sentimental in any way, but it's a moment where all of a sudden it just like hits you it just connects with you so intensely hard yeah and for me like the power of that moment is like all of a sudden it's like whoa here's there's that thing yeah i didn't even know i was looking for that thing i'm like there's that thing and it hits you in such a way that it's like it's it's exciting and it's like you know like mm-hmm. is that is, is that a version of what you're talking about because i feel like i experienced something similar to what you're describing and i'm like now scrambling to try and put words to it. Um, yeah, I think that that is an accurate way to put it. In that, like, it is—it's so moving, um, and it—and so not necessarily like sad, but it's moving. Yes, and and it, it draws the, that emotion out of you. Yeah. Um, and I and I feel that, and I, I think that like, especially when I get to specific songs, um, they they connect with with these like reoccurring emotions that I have just 
in existence. So like carnival specifically, um, there's this idea and, and, and there's this, <laughs> yep. These are all words. Um, yep. So carnival specifically, when I listen to it, there's this, this moment um, because you, you get um, the, the repeat of this moment. There's, you get the repeat of the phrase so tired of, mm-hmm. and, and it cuts off and, and it, it almost is as, is as if he is speechless in that moment. Like he doesn't know how to express what he's feeling. Right. And, and you, he's like working his way through it because it starts really like serene. It's, it's talking about being on a porch and thinking about old times. Um, and, 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 but ultimately the song is about um, letting go of um, things that you can't, uh, that you can't keep like relationships mm-hmm. and things of that sort. And, and, and it also feels like this struggle to like, or at least the constant struggle that I feel to, to make some connection with people every so often, every so often I try to make a connection with people, um, that is meaningful. And sometimes I feel like I'm always falling short of that. Yeah, um, I hear that. And so there's this, this this like exhaustion that comes from it of like just the effort of trying to do that. And I feel like this song really captures that and that like he gets to those first two so tired of, and he's like, I don't know what it is that I'm tired of. And then like, it's the last, it's the last line in the song where it's like, I'm so tired of the unattainable. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you'll never, it's just, just out of reach, but, but reaching for it is exhausting in and of itself. Yes. Um, and I, I, I think that like that, that song hits, hits me and makes me really like, like I almost have to sing it myself in order to get the emotions out. You know what I'm saying? It, it gets to the heart of something very specific about the, ex- the experience of living. I think the experience of living, if you like, if you are a, a seeker, you know what I mean? Like if you are, if you have the awareness, if you have the knowledge and you're hoping desperately for something more, something better, not, not necessarily even specifically for yourself, but just something better for the, yeah. for the world, for everyone, for everything. Um, I feel like to an extent that that does kind of get to the heart of what the experience of living with that is. Right. Because it, it gets exhausting, mm-hmm. like profoundly exhausting, especially when, as you described, you feel whether or not you are actually falling short repeatedly when you feel you are falling short repeatedly then it exacerbates that feeling of exhaustion about like, right. how do i how do i press forward in this way yeah. it's like you have to because that thing exists in you that is always going to be pulling you that way mm-hmm. or maybe not pulling you there's that thing in you that's always going to force you to pull yourself along i guess yeah. is maybe more accurate whether you want to or not right well yeah i mean it 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 Ultimately, that feeling is what drives you to like take take those steps into into taking those risks. Yeah, um, which is like again one of the big reoccurring themes in the album, where it's it's get get out of of whatever place or or comfort zone that you're in and like live your life. Like there's there's my famed disappearing act is to me if I could listen to it every morning and. And uh, have it motivate me to just move forward and 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 pump me up like I would. I don't, uh, I don't because I 
do other stuff in the morning. Um, but like that and, and like in the company of worms, like those two, those two songs, I, I feel like are really good reminders that like life is finite. Yeah. And, and you blink and next thing you know, like you're, 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 you're too, you're too old. You're too, uh, out of practice. You're too, whatever it is to do the things that you've always said that you're gonna do mm-hmm. when you have the time or when, when, uh, you know, you, you have the money or when you have the, whatever it is right. that is missing to like get you to do the things that you are passionate about. Yep. Um, and so like, I, 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 I listen to these a lot. That's funny. That reminds me. Start like that. Just reminded me of something I just watched for the first time. Uh, Max Ophel's letter from an unknown woman. Mm-hmm. And there's an exchange, uh, I think like, you know, probably two thirds of the way through the movie where, uh, uh, Louis Jordan's character, who is, uh, a renowned, he was a musician. He was like a pianist who would do concerts all over, uh, has an encounter with the Joan Fontaine character. They keep encountering each other throughout different stages of her life. And he doesn't remember her every time. It's a great movie, but, um, he, he talks about how he hasn't given a concert for a very, very long time. And he always said he was going to go back to it. He said, like, I always said I was going to go back to playing music. I always said, like, okay, I'm going to start next week. And then next week becomes this week. And I say, I'm going to start it next week. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to that. It's like enough, enough some days and suddenly you realize, like, all the, all the some days got used up. Yeah. Like, it's just not here anymore. Like, next week became this week so many times mm-hmm. and it just never happened. Right. Um, which I don't, I don't usually take the the time to do this, but like, which is why I'm glad that we're, we do this show. Um, I'll look I'm at glad you like doing all the like I'm hand motions because the earnestness I, and the vulnerabilities yep. too. Yes. <laughs> it's too much. I can't not mo- make weird movements. I'm glad that we, we do this show and I'm glad that we, you and I can take the, the weekly time to like have these discussions and and I'm glad that we we got off our asses and and decided to just make an episode and see what happens. Right. And then that one episode turned into where right now 48. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Plus bonus episodes and missing out Mondays. Right. It, which is cool. And like I guess like to like let that if you're listening and you're sitting there, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but if you're if you're listening and you're going like, "Man, this seems like it's a lot of fun. Like why why I wish I could do something like this." Yeah. You can like you don't even need necessarily a high quality microphone. You can just get a buddy in a room and record something into your phone. There still might be an audience for that. And it takes almost nothing. But if you like I did for a while, for a long time before you and I did this show, I would say to myself, it's like, you know, we were doing uh, after shows and things. But I, I would always say quietly in my own mind, like, I just want a show that's that's mine, like that that is like. I can say like, yeah, I have a show. Yeah. Um, not I'm part of somebody else's thing. And it might have turned into one of those things that was just like, I'll, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And years go by and it just never happened. And I'm bummed out that it never happened. Yeah. So like the same token, like, yeah, I'm really glad that we're doing this as well. I'm glad that we decided like, let, let's just do one. The time commitment is relatively minimal. We already know we get along. Just let's just do it and see what happens. And yeah. now we're here, like we're coming up on uh, what we're coming up on 50, uh, 50 weeks worth of shows. And that could there's a range of how much material that actually is. Um, but yeah, I guess like we're here. We go. Now we're just imparting wisdom to y'all. <laughs> I'm, I'm so dumb. Don't listen to me. But uh, I guess one thing, one thing that I think maybe I, I would love it if everybody could take to heart is like, yeah, don't 
don't wait for the the some days to all be behind you. Yeah. Just just do it because like you don't you don't know right like you were saying like life is finite. You don't know how much time you have to say what you want to say. So why not start saying it now? Hopefully, what you have to say is not like horrifically racist or whatever. <laughs> I'm not necessarily talking to you if that's you. I, I don't but... know. I like the idea of of someone being like, I've always wanted to join the alt right, but I, I'm just really didn't know how. Thanks, missing out for giving me this push. <laughs> uh, you guys are the new Pepe the Frogs. Hell yeah, Pepe's the Frog. Um, yes. But uh, but if that's not you, um, yeah, like don't don't let all of the some days end up behind you. You don't know how much time you've got. You don't know how much how how much time everybody around you has. If there's a if you've got a if you've got a friend that you have a rapport with and you just want to sit down and talk, do it. Sit down and talk. I guarantee you, if you guys have a really good time, there's an audience for it. I have st- I still have such a hard time believing that people listen to our goofy bullshit. <laughs> and if there's an audience for us, I guarantee if you and a friend make each other laugh, odds are you'll make at least ready if you make one person laugh odds are you may not know them they may not be in your immediate sphere but odds are there are at least a hundred people somewhere scattered a hundred people in one community a hundred people scattered all over the place that might really get into it as well and if there's 100 scattered all over the place there's probably more right and you won't know that unless you just take the shot for something like podcasting you don't need a whole bunch of money you don't need other people to give you permission to go do your work you could just do it. And so like, why not? If it's something, of course, if you don't, if you don't care about podcasting specifically, apply it to literally any creative pursuit that you do care about. Apply it to any non-creative pursuit, any pursuit that you have, anything that your heart is like burning to do. Doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to snap your fingers and you're going to get to where you want to be overnight. It's always going to be a long process, but yeah, don't, don't let the some days end up behind you there's no I, I can't imagine something sadder than getting to age like 60 and looking back and and seeing all of the things that I wanted to do that I didn't do solely because I put them off yeah so don't do that y'all yeah and also from a from a like a practical standpoint like I know that it's easy for us to be like ah oh, just do all the things like and I think that you should do all the things. I think that like if if you are having trouble getting started, the first step is making a list of what you need. Right. Um, the second step is figuring out how to get those pieces. Um, the third step is just getting those things. However, like let's say that it requires, let's say that you need a bunch of equipment, like you want to be a prime guitarist. Um, then your needs are guitar, um, classes then you figure out all right how do you get a guitar what's your budget um where are the classes uh what is the budget for that um if they are they are outside of your budget how much time would it take to save up and then you can essentially start breaking down this monumental task into bite-sized pieces that can be accomplished um over time, like nothing happens overnight and, and everything that you are going to try to do will require effort and, and time and planning. But like, if you are able to just take it little by little by little, then eventually you'll reach that 65 year old age and look back and be like, how did I do all these things? And it was just one step at a time. Exactly. And it sounds so hokey. And I am, I'm very much the person who like, if you had said that to me, 
even a couple of years ago, I would have been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then quietly would have been like, yeah, okay, whatever, bullshit. Um, but no, that's exactly it. it it's it's uh, such an adage, such a cliche for a reason. It does it does apply. It's difficult too if you if you suffer from like any real form of mental illness, depression, anxiety. Yeah. Every step becomes arduous, and even trying to take it piece by piece, it just gets overwhelming when you look at the sheer number of steps that there are. Yeah. But like for me personally, I don't. You know, you can't expect that you're going to be one of the very few people that's alive at any given time that fully gets to live every part of their dreams. But if you don't get exactly where you want it to be, like when you were a little kid, don't yeah, don't let it be because you never started. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's another thing that you kind of hit on in that. Like I, whenever I'm telling someone to like follow their passions or like start taking those steps, the other piece that I tell them is to have an open mind about opportunities that are presented to you. Yes. Um, because what you think that you want to do may not necessarily be the thing that you actually want to do. Um, and also, even if it is the thing that you want to do, your route there may be pretty circuitous. And you don't know where where this opportunity that seems disconnected may take you. For all you know, it may take you exactly where you want to go. But you need to, con- yeah, you need to absolutely consider it. Right. Um, one could say that every, every path that you forge is a map of a non-existent place. Well, I guess one could say that. One could say <laughs> I that. I guess, I guess one could you say it. You said it. I said it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what the record show? Trademark. Patent pending. Um, but yeah, I, I think that like, it's really important to, to seize the opportunities that are ahead of you that you think, because we also change as we grow and the things that fulfill us uh, also change. And so essentially getting this idea that like, I want to be the greatest guitarist and not uh, understanding that what you actually want to do is you want to, you know, be a music teacher. Um, (laughs) I think that like ignoring that idea that like, what you really want to do is interact with people. What you really want to do is, um is be able to impart your knowledge of music onto other people or or share music with a, another generation of people or, or learn like sheet music all these like other aspects of what you want to do right and like regardless of what form it takes i find me personally there is very little that is more rewarding than a sharing your passions but more than that fostering passion in others yeah and yeah whatever shape that takes and maybe that takes the form of you are like the the superstar uh, frontman slash lead guitarist of one of the hottest bands that exists and maybe that's the way you foster passion and maybe it isn't maybe the way you foster passion is like the example you gave maybe you're a music teacher which by the way like a lot of people are probably listening and going like oh that sucks man like gave up on his dream and settled to become no man like that may be exactly exactly the key to everything that you ever wanted and it just looks like something you didn't expect because how what more direct way to potentially foster passion in somebody else than to teach yeah yeah i feel like we get 
really into this idea of what failure looks like. And to a lot of people, failure looks like not doing this one specific thing that uh, you set out to do. Right, if I don't get to do the exact thing that I've always wanted to do exactly the way I wanted to do it, exactly the way I always pictured it, I didn't succeed. Which is not true at all. More than not true. That's like super destructive, self-defeating nonsense. Yes. Actually, um, there was a, I can't remember if it was a TED Talk or if it was a This American Life, or if it was a uh, just a thing on NPR. But they were talking about how um, in a school, uh, they started doing hypnosis on some of these kids. It was a very disastrous thing. With consent? Ple- um, the kids <laughs> like, had consent. Did they ask the no parents? No parental consent. Whoa. Um, but... So here's the thing that kept happening is like they would. I do have a question about this. Was it like, oh, it's a big like we did a big like school spirit day and we brought in a hypnotist no. for everybody? No, we no, were actually like, like systemically hypnotizing these children. To what um, end? The the end was to help them uh, achieve specific things that they were trying to do. Okay. So like some people wanted to um, like say get better on the SATs. So the hypnosis was to build better habits within them. Okay. Um, so things like that. So the intent was good. Um, but the, I feel like that's probably not legal though, without some type of guardian. Um, no. So, but, and, and it didn't end well. So, so (laughs) the thing is, uh, okay, are we getting to this? Yes, we're getting to it. I need to know now. Uh, Yes. Um, so what ultimately ended up happening is that, since the goals were so singular, any um, any hurdle caused their brain to um, cause their brain to not know how to process that pe- that like hurdle. So did they just make a school of Mr. Meeseeks? No, they made people kill themselves. Um, so essentially, it like sent their, yeah, it's that's sent- way darker than Mr. Meeseeks. Yeah, ooh, um, because when you're so f- singularly focused on one specific thing right um if your your brain can't handle the the associated like potential failure of not accomplishing that thing right which ultimately leads to uh, a pit of despair um and so a lot of these kids since their focus was so singular it caused them to kill themselves um and so it was a whole big thing but like that is essentially a long roundabout way of saying that like we as human beings aren't meant to have a singular like one directional focus um we evolutionarily have are made to adapt and and change and grow as time progresses um and so again like lex was saying like even if the 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 in the place that you end up isn't the place that you originally set out to be. That's not failure. It's essentially just becoming who you were meant to become, not to Quote be all unquote. hokey. Right. Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do but feel like, like talking about like what you said, like people get it in their heads that they maybe have like one specific path or destination they need to arrive at. I feel like um, that is maybe something that we've, we've inadvertently unwittingly internalized from stories yeah whether going all the way back to like religious text but also like just about every every major like pop culture narrative until recently so uh, many 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 of them have been focused on like you know destiny and the chosen one and follow your path and even if it's not about that explicitly you get to the end of the film story and in many many cases it's like all right like we're closing the loop on this even if the character doesn't die it's like this is the end of the story they've yeah. arrived at their destination and that's 
just straight up not how life works. Right. And it can become very, if you have, like I do believe a lot of us have, I, I still, and I don't mean to imply that it's as easy as flipping a switch in your head, making this transition. I still struggle with this very thing. Yeah. Um, but realizing that that's not how life works and being okay with that and more than being okay with it, realizing it's so much more freeing that that's not how life works. It can be scarier and it can lead to moments that feel greatly destabilizing. But I would think that means, you know, like start, start every passion you've ha you have, everything you can make time for, start it. Start it and see what it does for you because any one of them, right, if you're passionate about any one of them, any one of those roads might take you somewhere interesting. And it's not because you were, quote unquote, meant to go down that road. I don't necessarily buy into okay, those yeah. concepts. But like, I know you were kind of shorthanding it. Um, uh, uh, so less less like you may become who you are meant to become more you may become a version of yourself that is so much more fulfilling and exciting than what you thought it was going to be, if yes. that makes sense. Yes, that is the better way of putting what I was trying to get at. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was a semantics thing mostly. No, no, no. Like, I mean, but I think that it is it is more accurate to say it that way as opposed to like, ah, oh, you're... Because there's... I, don't, I also don't believe that there is a, a universal directional pull. Right. Um, and like the idea of destiny is, I guess, very safe. You yeah. know, like everything is happening for... Um, you know, I'm, I'm really not a everything happens for a reason person. I don't buy it at all. I do buy if we're talking about cause and effect, like, yeah. yes, this happened because of this. Then, yes, totally. Everything does in that sense happen for a reason. Yes. I don't believe things are preordained. And I get that that idea is very safe because it's like it's like a shield. You know what I mean? Like whatever happens to you, it was meant to happen. But like that you're just so like you're robbing yourself of so much power of so yeah. much command of your own life, of your own I guess to use the word, uh, you know, uh, of your own destiny, um, it's scarier, right? Because then it's like you almost feel paralyzed by options because yeah. it is weirdly kind of uh, uh, limitless. Of course, you know, within reason, depending on, you know, your personal circumstances, the resources yeah. available, et cetera. But yeah, like, it, it, yeah, uh, yeah, all that. All that. There's really no, I was like, let's tie it all up with a nice little bow. And then I went, I don't seem to have a bow. <laughs> I mean, would you say that people are getting caught in the pages of bullshit overload? <sighs> yeah. Well, actually, actually, yes. I don't know that that's how I would have phrased it myself, but yeah, a little bit. Um, and I think people <laughs> no, but I think people, and I do this too. I think people tend to talk themselves out of pretty much everything. Yeah. And except, except here we go. This is going to be a very shocker probably a very long-winded bow but basically yeah be open like you were saying be open to it be open to the different paths in front of you and accept that maybe you don't get exactly where you thought you wanted to go but where you end up might be better and even if you do end up where you always wanted to go you may not get there in a way you ever expected yeah and there's no harm in taking like you said whatever opportunities come your way because you never know where they're going to lead you mm-hmm and I think to me, that's so much more exciting than the idea of like, well, I have one path and I better do this thing. Cause then, yeah. yeah, if you don't do that thing and you've so internalized that this is the thing you have to do, you may not even quote unquote fail, but the perception of failure would be so massively devastating to like your sense of self and your yeah. sense of worth. So the story about the hypnotized kids is pretty horrifying, but yeah, that, that 
tracks mm-hmm. and why if you if you can push yourself and it's conditioning right like i said i'm still working on this but if you can push yourself in the direction of letting go of that and giving yourself that freedom and that openness you realize like your worth is not dependent on any one pursuit and the only way to truly rob yourself is not by falling short of where you're quote unquote falling short of what bar you set for yourself but the only way to truly fail is to not start is to not succeed in starting right uh the only way to fail is to not succeed kids no (laughs) is to not is to not succeed in taking that first step and if that if that's all you do is take one step and then you feel exhausted and have to take a break congratulations you did a hundred percent more than so many people will do yeah and that makes you strong that makes you mighty that makes you powerful and fuck you i know that sounds hokey but it's true it does not devalue the the truth of that statement um it's tough it's tough out there kids but like it is this is this is how i i truly believe it i'm learning how to do the same thing how did we get here um yeah that's how you make the most of your experience because like you were going all the way back to you you were talking about how like finite everything is mm-hmm. and this before we started recording today i i mentioned to you that this was something i for reasons i'm not clear on that i've been thinking about a lot yeah and i've been thinking about that exact that exact concept in relation to what we're talking about right now about how it's probably better for me if I stop shackling myself to one idea of who I am or what I should do or could be or should be. That's not how it works. Yeah. And like giving myself the space and allowing myself to take new first steps. And I hope that because you realize even taking new first steps, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. And it's not about, am I going to succeed in every endeavor? It's about look at shit. Just look at me go. You know what I mean? Like, look (laughs) right. Like, um, take the one step. You take that one step. You did a hundred percent more than a lot of other people. Yeah. And that's, that's what power is. That's what individual personal power is. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no clue how we ended up here. I mean, we, we dove into the, con- we made a concrete swan dive. <laughs> boom. Tied it back. Oh, bam, 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 uh. bam, bam. Um, but no, that, I feel like that is a good place to wrap us up. I feel like we could just keep hitting the same nails over and over. And I don't know that I'm going to say anything new about any of that. <laughs> I mean, but those were some good nails. I, uh, yeah, I, I think hopefully that resonated with somebody. Cause this yeah. is something that I, I ruminate on uh, a little bit, especially recently. Yeah. I'm thinking about it a lot. Me too. Um, so, uh, guys, thank you for joining us here on missing out. Um, I, I, I hope this was, uh, I, I hope are you, this are you still hit there? you in the heart. Are you still I there? You gotta be. Still with you us? Got, come on, man. Um, I, I personally, I don't feel like any of it was hokey. I feel like it was a very genuine discussion. It's me hedging like, because you know, a lot of the time people will sort of recoil from earnestness because right. they don't always know what to do with it. Uh, well, that's all we give on this show. But that's or, so it's me hedging. It's not yeah. me. I don't actually believe anything I said was hokey, but I'm hedging just in case it's like giving somebody a, a spoonful of sugar with the medicine. As right. Well. Yeah. Well, whoever says it's hokey can eat poop. Yep. I said it. Eat poop. And with tweet your- photos of you doing so to at Tari J. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, you can find me at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. Lex, where can they send you poop pictures? I'd rather you didn't, but if you're 
overwhelmingly compelled. I'm all over social media at the Lex Michael. Yay. Um, and you can find this podcast at Missing Outcast. That's M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T on Twitter. Um, and as you know, you can find us on all the major podcast podcast platforms. Uh, iTunes, Google Play Store, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, Overcast, and I think that's most of them. Uh, so uh, if you have a chance, please leave us a review. It really helps us out. Um, we recently got a show recommendation, so we're trying to schedule that out. Um, more details to come. Keep a tr- keep track of our Twitter so you know like when that is, and please keep submitting those to us. Yeah, seriously, like we're we're now getting people that are throwing suggestions at us, and this is something that we always talked about really wanting to do. Is like once we knew that we had some people listening, kind of reaching out to you guys, and being like, hey. What are we missing out on that you super hardcore dig? Um, yeah. Let us know and we'll talk about it. And it's like starting to happen. It's exciting. So keep that stuff coming because we love it. We want we want to know what you guys love. You you keep hearing about the shit that we like. Thanks thanks for thanks for being here. Um, <laughs> but we want to know what is the shit that you like and why do you like it? Let us know. Yeah, totally. Uh, so thanks guys again for joining us. Uh, we will see you next week. Uh, we heart you. Look at how fast he's playing. So fast. How does he do the magic? It's just some sweet fiddle solos going on in the background. <laughs> that Play-Doh. Oh, man. So. Wait, are you done? Is that the end? No, it no, sounded no. like there was I, a, an ellipses or a comma or something, and then there was just... Silence. Yeah, that was me swallowing it was, and catching my breath. It was very jarring. It was like I was driving and hit a tree. <laughs>